Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On The Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 1033. Today, we're going to continue to look at the geography of the Bible, the geography of the Holy Land, the geography that God used to determine a people's destiny. That's right. The people of the land and the land itself are inexorably linked. The Bible doesn't know of a people without a land that's called Israel because the promise and the covenant was made about the land and the lineage together, and forever they are inseparable. Sometimes we forget that truth, and we try to separate the Jewish people from the land. The Jewish identity is tied up with the land, and this is why there was a yearning and a longing in the heart of every Jewish person to come back to the land of Israel. If it's not there now in their hearts, it will be. Over the course of the decades that I have been traveling to Israel, I have asked hundreds of Jewish people. Why did you make Aliyah? Why did you make the ascent back to the land of Israel? More than half of them have said to me, there was just a longing in my heart. It has been there all of my life, and it grew over a period of time. Some would say, in my early years, it would come and it would go. But as I grew older and as I learned more about who I am and my Jewish identity, I knew that I had to go home. It was like a homing instinct. It was something that's visceral, deep within me to go home. And this is exactly what God is doing. He's calling back his people to the land because the land and the people, again, please hear me, are inexorably linked. You cannot pull them apart. It's like a rubber band. It'll just snap back together because that's God's eternal destiny for the Jewish people. And so when they went into the land in 1948 and it became a state, they didn't just show up there. They had been coming. There were great movements of migration of Jews coming back to the land, the great pioneer movement, the rise of Zionism. It really caught hold in the 1880s and onward. But there has been a constant stream now of people, especially in recent years, from all over the earth where God is calling the people home. And I am so grateful for that. When they go home, they walk along and drive along the same routes that were there when their forefathers were there. And we began to talk about one of those yesterday, the Via Maris, the way of the sea. Along its pathway, many battles would come. And along its pathway and that great highway, you would have cities that would spring up because that was the route. It would be like building along an interstate today or building along a river today or building along a corridor today where people would be coming. And power was associated with the Via Maris because if you controlled it, you controlled commerce and you controlled wealth. 
By the way, this is why Herod the Great built the great city of Caesarea Maritime. It was along the Via Maris, and he could control that. And there was no harbor there, so no natural harbor. So he created a harbor, and that's a story and a podcast in itself. But many of the great cities that you read about, none greater than Megiddo, which was the chariot city of Solomon. And it was one of the three. And all of these cities were built along trade routes. There were three great cities that Solomon built that were called chariot cities. And they were all along trade routes that went north and south. There was Gezer in the south that overlooked the Ayalon Valley. We call it Agilon in English, but the Ayalon Valley. Uh, you have gone through that if you've gone to Israel and you've gone the route from Jerusalem to Tel Aviv from the coast. That's Highway 1, and it goes right to Jerusalem. That is the route that many would have taken, and it goes through that valley, and Gezer is nearby there. Some would call that Gezer, G-E-Z-E-R. Then you had Megiddo. Megiddo came out of the Jezreel Valley, and that was the Via Maris that went that way because you could control the valley and you could control commerce. You could tax the people as the merchants went through. And then in the north, you had Hatzor. We call it Hazor, H-A-Z-O-R. And it overlooked the Hula Valley. And so all of these great trade routes had mountains, valleys, and passes. And where those passes were, that is where the great chariot cities were set up, and all of them guarded valleys. And these great valleys were breadbaskets. That's where crops were grown. That's where someone up on a hill or a mountain could see who's coming through. And these passes were places where they could be guarded, and just a few soldiers could hold off an entire army, for instance, just south of Megiddo, where the Arun Pass is. And so these are great, great things to know and understand why certain things were placed, certain cities were placed where they were. And so all of this was in the great plan and design of God. And so that is the first one, the Via Maris. That's the north-south trade route. And then as you rise up over the Shvilah, you're going to read about that word. It's even transliterated from Hebrew into English, Shvilah. You will probably pronounce it Shephelah or Shephelah or something like that because that's the English spelling of it. But as the coastal plain rose up to the western ridge where Jerusalem was, where Hebron was, where Bethlehem was, where Shiloh was, where Bethel was, all of that is where Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob walked on top of that ridge. It was called the Ridge Road. For those of you who have been in the south and along the Smoky Mountain Range, the Blue Ridge Range of Virginia, of North Carolina, of Tennessee, then you have been on the Blue Ridge Parkway. And it is the Ridge Road. It is a road that runs all along the tops of the mountains. Well, there was a Ridge Road on the western ridge of the great Syrian-African rift. And that was a place that the patriarchs walked up and down. And it's very much today the same thing. It starts at Shechem, Shechem in the north. It goes all the way to Beersheba in the south, where the mountains began to go flat and the pasture lands are there at Beersheba and the Negev begins. 
from Shechem, you would come down that patriarchal highway and you would come to Shiloh. Then you would go to Bethel and then you would go to Jerusalem and then you would go to Bethlehem and then to Hebron, on and on. All of that is thousands of feet high. I'm talking about 3,000 plus in elevation. And that's from the floor of the Mediterranean coast. So that's above sea level, over 3,000 feet. That's from the west going east. So you climb these high mountains that are like a barrier. And then on the eastern slope that goes down to the Jordan Valley, that is the great Syrian-African rift that starts in northern Syria and goes all the way through the land of Israel, the Red Sea. Geologists tell us that it goes all the way into central East Africa and ends somewhere in the Serengeti around Victoria Falls to the south. And so this is the biggest crack on the earth. It's a huge fault line, and the Dead Sea is there just east of Jerusalem. As a matter of fact, you can stand on the Mount of Olives and look down 4,000 feet to the floor of the earth, and that's where the Dead Sea is. Jerusalem, the Mount of Olives, is 2,700 feet above sea level. And the Dead Sea is 1,300 feet below sea level. So that's a 4,000 feet drop. And Jericho, the lowest city on the planet, is there. It's about 850 feet below sea level. So from Jericho, you're almost at the Dead Sea. And many of you have been that route. And it is a climb back up to Jerusalem. But Jerusalem is not the only place where this happens. You can look from Bethlehem. You can look from Hebron. You can look from all of those cities along the way. And you can look one side many times. You can see the Western Sea, the Mediterranean. And from the other side, you can see all the way over into the Eastern Ridge, what is Jordan today, which runs the entire length from the Red Sea all the way up to the Yarmouk River, where Jordan and its territory pretty much ends as far as the border with Israel. And so the Jordan Valley that the Jordan River runs through is the lowest valley on the planet. And we'll talk more about that later. But I want you to understand that that Ridge Road is also has another name called the Patriarchal Highway. And the reason is that's the way that the patriarchs came down. Now, patri, patras, is the word for father. Arche is the word for leader, head, or first. And so a patriarch are the father leaders. And that's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And many times that's attributed to the early leaders, the sons of Israel, the patriarchs. But all of them went all the way up and down that ridge road, that western ridge road that's called the Patriarchal Highway. And it ran from Shechem, Shechem to the north, all the way to Beersheba in the south. And along that was the great stories that you read about in the book of Genesis, just amazing stories. And that's where in the New Testament, the Romans divided up the land into Judea, Samaria, and the Galilee. It's the same designations for the land of Israel today. I don't refer to that western ridge as the west bank of the Jordan River. Geographically, it is on the western side of the Jordan River, but the term west bank has political connotations, and connotations are baggage that comes along with words. 
I don't refer to that West Bank because it has political connotations that are not friendly toward Israel. When I refer to that part of Israel, I refer to it as Judea, Samaria, and the Galilee, because those are the designations of the Bible, especially the New Testament, the Berit Hadashah. And so you have the coastal highway, which is the Via Maris, and then you have the ridge road, the western ridge road, the path, the road on top of the mountains, and all of that is very familiar to us. But then you had the Jordan Valley. The landscape would have risen up in ancient times as it does today to where you would have had the land of Gilead from about the Jabbok River, if you're looking on your maps, all the way to the Yarmouk River, that would have been Gilead. And then you would have had Moab, and then you would have had Edom during the days of the New Testament, Old Testament. In the New Testament, it was cities of the Decapolis, but I'm talking Old Testament language here. And so you would have had Gilead, then you would have had, before that, Ammon, Moab, and then you would have had Edom. And along that huge, huge eastern trade route, a series of mountains, that's where Mount Nebo is, that's where Madaba, the home of Ruth and Orpah, and Naomi and Elimelech, all of that took place in what is modern-day Jordan today. And just as there is a highway along the western ridge from Shechem all the way to Beersheba, that's called the Patriarchal Highway, because Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the tribes walked up and down that highway, and it's still there today. You can walk and ride and drive on much of the Patriarchal Highway today. On the eastern ridge, there was another road, and it was called the King's Highway. Now, you read about that in the book of Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy where the children of Israel went along the king's highway. That was where Edom was. That was where Og and those ancient kings that battled against the Israelites as they came out of Egyptian bondage and wandered for 40 years. Most of that was done on the eastern side of the Jordan along the king's highway, and that's mentioned in the Torah. And so that is a beautiful high road. And from there, you can look right over into the land of Israel. I have been at Madabah early in the morning and stood on the cliffs as the sun rose behind me from the east. And I have seen Bethlehem just almost directly across from it on the western ridge, just below Jerusalem. Remember, Bethlehem is only five miles from Jerusalem, that is Jerusalem proper, the temple complex. It's about five miles down to the environs of Bethlehem. So you could see from Bethlehem and what is Ephrat today below it, you can see that as clear as a bell from where Madabai is. And the same thing, I have stood in Bethlehem knowing where Madabai is, where Ruth and Naomi lived and see it and the green pastures around that old city. One is on the Patriarchal Highway to the west, and then to the east, Madaba is on the King's Highway. And so these were the three major trade routes. Now, there were other routes, the Jordan Valley route, there were the East-West routes, the Spice Road, the Silk Road, the Incense Road, all of those roads came from east to west. They were the thoroughfares of that day, and much of what happened in the Bible happened 
happened around these main thoroughfares. Why? Because that's where the people were. Often people will say, well, why were all the Jews primarily from Magdala up to Bethsaida? Why were all the fishermen there? Well, the obvious reason is that's where the fish were. That's where the shoals were. That's where the springs were. That's where the Jordan River ran into the Sea of Galilee, and so it was a fishing haven. We'll talk more about that in one of the podcasts in the future, but I just wanted to introduce these three major trade routes north to south. That's Via Maris along the coastal route, and then the Western Ridge Route was called the Patriarchal Highway or the Ridge Road, and then on the Eastern Ridge was the King's Highway. May God bless you as you walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.